Our scripture lesson today is very short, but powerful. It comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. For everyone who seeks, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Amen. So, as you may know, and perhaps you don't, but I have been on an eight-week renewal leave this summer. Though I would say, I would not say it was restful, (laughs) a restful journey, living out of a suitcase for eight weeks and hopping around from place to place, from Brazil to San Francisco to the Olympic Peninsula, it did provide space for spiritual renewal. And for that, I'm thankful. So thank you for allowing that space for me. As part of my journey, I chose to carry a journal and this book, Shining Like the Sun, Seven Mindful Practices to Rekindle Your Faith. I chose to carry these to accompany me during this time as a launching pad towards nourishing and renewing my spirit. Now, I read through the book a couple of times, revisiting certain chapters many times. And I was drawn in particular to three chapters, which addressed three of the seven mindfulness practices. And the three are attentiveness, the act of seeking to become more aware and awake to the present moment. Second one, holy conversations, striving to live in harmony and with uh, harmony with and being present with those around me, especially those I consider other. And finally, delight, opening oneself to fully receive whatever is in front of you as a gift. Now, trust me, you don't have to worry. This is not going to be a book report. Instead, I will share with you just a few snapshots of my personal spiritual journey while exercising and experiencing these practices. So the first leg of my trip uh, was to go to Brazil. The original reason for going to Brazil was to spend time with my mother. Unfortunately, she died a few weeks before my arrival. So the purpose of my trip then changed to spending time with my brothers, which was really great, and to tackle the big mission of helping sort and clear out their huge house. I ended up devoting a lot of time to sorting and reading through my mother's many journals. And when I say many, I mean volumes of journals and letters that she wrote. It's going to take me a year just to read through them. However, in those moments when I was able to read, I reconnected with my pre-dimension mother, the poet, the writer, the spiritual leader that taught me many things, and especially the delight in the beauty of nature, both great and small. I naturally felt a sense of loss. But even over the last seven years that my mother slowly developed short-term memory dementia, 
She never lost her spirit and delight in the small gifts of life, and she never lost her connection to me. Now, near my parents' house, there is this flowering Hong Kong orchid tree that produces these beautiful pink flowers that drop to the ground in pristine conditions. Well, during the last few visits I made uh, to my parents' house, I enjoyed bringing my mom these flowers that I collected from the street during my morning walks because it brought her so much joy and big smiles to her face. So, on one of the last mornings that I was walking from my brother's house to my parents' house on this last trip, I decided to do something that is really hard, and Bruce will testify to that. I decided to let go of my usual fast-paced walk. (laughs) And that's hard. And my long list to do. Instead, I was intentional about focusing and applying the attentive walking exercise. Basically, I was practicing being intentionally aware of the details of my surroundings. So as I got close to the house... I noticed the ground peppered with these beautiful orchid flowers which had fallen from the tree after the previous night rain. At that moment, I was moved to pause and I became keenly aware that my spirit was overwhelmed with emotions. So I stood there with my feelings and eventually I took a picture of the flower. When I got home to my parents' house, I was drawn to sit at my mother's desk. And strangely enough, I was compelled to do something I usually never, never do, write a poem. That was what my mother did, not me. But I listened to the moment of the spirit, and I wrote this very simple poem in my journal. I did not pick up a flower from the sidewalk to bring to my mom today for she is not here to receive it anymore. Yet, the flower calls a memory of the pure joy my mother had for all the big and little beauties of God's creation. I did not pick up a flower from the sidewalk for my mom today, but I did feel her presence and love in my heart, and that brought pure joy to my soul. The act of paying attention opened my heart to both my sorrow, but also my deep connection and gratitude for my mother's life. But also, it brought an awareness that at that moment, there was this powerful experience of God, God waiting for me with tender love. Seek, and you shall find. Seek, and become aware of the gifts of the present moment. The next stage of my journey took me to San Francisco to spend time with my first grandchild and her parents. (laughs) Obviously, I experienced many treasured and sweet moments that we shared. I could spend a long time talking about those, journaled a lot about it, but at this point... That's going to be another story for another time. 
because what I will share is the experience uh, regarding the practice of holy conversations. Meeting Brian. So we can take that distraction out. Thank you. (laughs) She is a distraction, (laughs) but a wonderful one. So meeting Brian. Brian is a neighbor where my son and daughter-in-law live. He is an eccentric, gregarious man who knows no stranger, and in fact he knows everyone's name and all the details of everything in the neighborhood. He is on disability and has lived with AIDS since the late 1980s. He watches out for everyone, cleans up the sidewalks, picks the weeds from the gardens, and likes to have lively, long, long conversations with those who choose to give him the time, which often many just simply smile politely and go on their way. My son and daughter-in-law, however, have chosen to embrace Brian, and their relationship is quite beautiful. They choose to engage in lengthy conversations. They also enjoy music. Brian has this amazing, beautiful voice. I mean, it's amazing. And he often breaks out into songs out of nowhere, which then Tim and Elizabeth join in harmony. Tim and Elizabeth also make meals for him making sure that he stays healthy. They check with him when they notice that he has not been out and about. On the other hand, Brian, with his connections, um, has supplied them with an abundance of eggs and other little treats. He has followed Elizabeth's pregnancy and was thrilled to meet baby Adelaide. So many holy conversations have transpired on this particular block of Pierce Street, some of which I was able to participate. On one of the last, on one of my last days, we met up with Brian again, and he was so excited because he had a gift he wanted to give to Adelaide. Clearly secondhand, he presented a beautiful mobile with bright, colorful, handcrafted birds an item you might find in a fair trade market. It was a tender moment to witness. I was deeply touched by this profound moment, and once again, believe it or not, I was inspired unexpectedly to reflect on it in a poem. (laughs) I was like, what's with this poem stuff? I'm not a poet. It's not my thing. But anyway, here it goes. Brian's harmonizing song brings joy upon Pierce Street. He greets every person with so jovial and extravagant joy, his heart open to all passing by. But to Elizabeth and Tim, it is a kindred bond that holds God's grace. It is a grace a child, it is in that grace a child arrives and for Brian, an even more profound connection. Reading this new life with another song, carried with a dangling mobile of birds in color. This song of love is a circle of friendship formed from open hearts. Brian's song is a gift to be treasured and stored as part of Tim, Elizabeth, and Adelaide's storyline. 
and mine as well. But Brian's song continued. Upon my, arrival, upon my return from San Francisco, I had a couple of days in Ashland to recoup and do some laundry. I ended up having a time together with Carol Heisel, and we met at Noble Coffee to catch up with each other. As we left the coffee shop, we walked down the street, and I happened to look into the corner store, and I saw this multiple of dangling, bright, colorful, handcrafted birds. Now, my curiosity and inquiring mind went into the store and asked the shopkeeper the origin of the birds and whether they had any significant meaning. She explained that the birds are mobiles called totas, and they are traditionally made by women in northern India, a stark desert region where little economy exists, especially for women. They long have been a symbol of prosperity and are known as the prosperity hens. Now, at this point, we began exploring all the other beautiful items in the store and asking more questions about where they came from. Obviously, the storekeeper is Indian, and all those items that she has in her store are from India. In our exploring, Carol noticed a handmade journal, and she asked about its origin. Well, that opened another holy conversation that led to a deep emotional exchange between them. You see, Farina is the owner of the store, not only is Indian, but her grandmother used to make journals for her when she was young. Well, Carol just happened to have one of her journals with her because she brought them to show to me. See all these lovely God coincidences. She showed the journal to Farina's, and she immediately teared up and asked if she could buy the journal because it reminded her of her grandmother and their special relationship. Forty-five minutes later, <laughs> or more, an unexpected bond was formed, and an ordinary question led to a holy conversation. For me, these bright birds have become a symbol of the richness, of the prosperity of long-formed relationships, as well as the new unexpected ones. When we open ourselves to holy conversations, asking questions that expand the way we understand and honor each other and each other's traditions, experiences, and beliefs, our spirit will receive the spark of new life over and over again. Ask and seek, and you shall find. My summer concluded with a trip to the Olympic Peninsula with Bruce. To try to explain the variety and the extraordinary beauty of the, regions, of the region is beyond words. No poetry there. For the lush rainforest to the rugged beaches, for the serene lakes to the jagged layers of towering mountains, each were inspiring, inspiring awe and gratitude. But in some ways, it was the unassuming flowers by the roadside that touched me with the unexpected delight. All along the windy road from coastal Port Angeles to Newport, uh, uh, Nia Bay, 
I noticed these pink little flower bushes, and they were continuously, and they dominated the border of the road like lace borders a dress. They were brightly colored and wispy, dancing gently in the wind. They greeted us with joy in contrast to the towering greenery behind them. This was such a delicate expression of nature and a reminder of the marvels of creation. So I asked Bruce to pull over the car so I could take a picture. That's not the picture I took, by the way. (laughs) Mine didn't come out very well. (laughs) Anyway, we continued the ride, and all the while, these beautiful pink flowers still graced us with a deep sense of peace and appreciation and delight in the wonders of creation. Later on, still curious about these pink flowers, obviously I got obsessed with them, not a distraction, an obsession, I decided to do some research. I discovered that these flowers are called fireweed, also known as the rose bay or the great willow herb. This plant is one of the few native species of wildflowers that thrive in the challenging roadside environment where the toughest native plants persist. Furthermore, furthermore, in wilder, undeveloped places, the fireweed is often the first plants, the first plants to appear after natural disturbances. Not only fires, but landslides, snow avalanches, and volcanic explosions and floods. They are the first ones to reappear. According to my research, the fireweed has become a symbol of persistence. In my journal that night, I reflected on how nature has so much to teach us. In this season of destructive fires, floods, landslides, and so many other kinds of disturbances, that seem to threaten or discourage us, we can persist. Like fireweed flowers, in the simplicity of practicing mindfulness, we become aware of the moment of the movement of God's love, which becomes the source that gives us the strength to persist and blossom. Upon my return home, and while reading through my journal entries and reflecting on these three practices, I was drawn to Matthew's version of the Sermon on the Mount, and in particular, chapter 7, verse 8. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. For me, in this context of practicing mindfulness, This is what this verse says to me. Keep asking questions that continually expand how you see and understand God, self, others, and the world. Keep seeking attentively so you can be present to recognize and find God waiting for you with love in the eternal now. Keep knocking at that door. And when it opens, fully receive with delight the surprises on the other side that are in front of you. For every moment of our lives, we can, we can find God 
whether wherever we are or wherever we go, with fear or trembling, laughter and joy, tears or starstruck wonder, God is with us, shining like the sun. Amen.